Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Welcome to Asian Pop Nation, a show where Asian people discuss things that are Asian. Today is a very special day because it is our first show of the year. So in spirit of auspicious beginnings, our first song of the year was Welcome by Chili Beans, because I hope you all feel welcome when you listen to our show. And after that, we played Flavor of the Month by British-Japanese pop goddess Rina Sawayama. This is a track from the new bonus edition of her album Hold the Girl from last year. My name is Tracy and I am the executive producer for APN this year. Tonight, I'll be joined by Leisha, JP, and Taruhi, as well as a cameo from Ethan. We'll be doing some reintroductions in the spirit of, you know, New Year, new show, but it's the same old people, really. We'll also be talking through our New Year's resolutions and also what we got up to during the break. Namely, JP and Leisha both share their experiences going back to the motherland, and after that, we get together and talk about some of the Asian and Asian-inspired media we watched over the summer, including Bullet Train, a movie which JP describes as a highly rendered, high-quality joke. We also cover the Park Chang-wook masterpiece, The Handmaiden, the raunchy Asian-American comedy Joyride, and also the Netflix series Gyeongsong Creature. But before all that yappin', we're going to play some more music. So the next song we're going to play actually slots in pretty well with the last song we played, which was Flavor of the Month by Rina Sawayama. That song is a song about being consumed, uh, like an ice cream cone. This next song is about consuming people, literally. Sweeney Todd style. It's from the very excellent self-titled album by Jude Chill. I would highly, highly recommend looking up Mando Gap's write-up of this album. It's the only write-up of this album I've seen on the English-speaking internet, and it's a good write-up. Um, this is the fifth track. It's called which roughly translates to What Should I Eat Today? You've just heard three songs that I think are very fun. They all have a bit of a capness to them and the sort of cartoon horror theme. Uh, these were in order. By Chinese artist Jude Jill. We followed that with Boogeyman by Korean band Lucy. And finally, Theatre by Japanese artist Natori. Now, I'll cut right now to our virtual studio for our first proper group segment of 2024. Yay! It's 2024. Yay. I can't believe it. Pew, 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 pew. Fireworks everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. it's one more than 2023. <laughs> You're so observant, JP. That was crazy. <laughs> okay, before we receive any more pearls of wisdom, let's introduce the people who are here today. First up, let's go with Leisha. Hi, Leisha. Hi! I feel like I'm back in uni having to do like little group <laughs> introductions. Hey y'all, this is me, Leisha here, one of your presenters at APN. And now I'll pass it over to JP. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm JP. I, I'm a guy. I am living true. in Japan. So That's I'm practically true. Japanese now. Yoroshiku nagashimasu, everyone. Oh my goodness. We got Taruki in the call as well. Hello, my name is Daruki. I joined APN last year, if anyone remembers. We're also not the only Asian people that exist at APN. We have a lot of other team members in our party over here, but they're existing more in the behind-the-scenes side of things. I guess, Tracy, do you want to give a shout-out to the rest of the people? <laughs> What a great idea, Alicia. So let me run down the people we have on Asian Pop Nation in season one, 2024. Apart from Alicia, JP, Taruki and I, who are, I guess, in the virtual studio today, we also have returning for this year, Xenia, Lee, Jesse and Ethan. If you've listened to APN in the past couple years, you will know these voices. We also have a new member this year. Her name is Liz. And if you listen to Sin shows, you might know her from Naughty Rude. She was EP last year. So I'm very excited about having her on the show, especially for our next episode coming up which is our valentine's day special so that's the apn team for season one 2024 in terms of what you guys like to talk about what would you consider like your special interest the things that you could talk about like for half an hour unprompted and unprepared oh bro get me started on manga i can do it because i work in it dude is living the struggling manga artist i'm living the struggle but yes i love anime actually i haven't watched so much anime 
Maybe. Last year, you literally were like, "No, nah, I'm not watching like any anime, but manga." Yeah, I haven't watched anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, but anime and manga—that is my jam. I am in that world. The Japanese media, like the animated and drawn variations of it, that is my jam. Yeah, I think that's my specialty. Lisha, what about yours? Is it like K-pop? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. A big chunk of it for me is definitely about music, predominantly K-pop, but I like to say that I tend to shine a light a bit on my fellow Southeast Asian friendos over <laughs> over yes. in the motherland. So I feel like that is kind of the areas where I feel like I can yap a lot about. But trust, there will be some times where I hyperfixate on like a certain series or movie that happens to be done by Asian people, e.g. everything everywhere all at once when it came out, and e.g. Trigun when I started watching it. I would say that Leisha is very well-rounded in that she consumes like music and anime and TV shows and reality shows. Like she's a well-rounded music <laughs> consumer. I only like listen to music pretty much. I joined Asian Pop Nation because I wanted to talk about Asian music and there are like not really a lot of places where you can do that. But yeah, I also pick the music every week. Nice. That's a me. Why did you do a little Mario moment yeah. there? It's a me, <laughs> Tracy, <laughs> the music girl of APN. No, I would say that's true. I would say for everyone, I would agree that our typecasting is quite accurate. <laughs> like, if I think about the other team members as well, I definitely associate as well people like Ethan and Xenia to be, like, the very film-heavy people. Oh, yeah. They the love movies. films, especially Ethan. Yeah. They love their films. He's, he's the movie guy, for real. And then Jessie's very, like, I, I think she probably out of everyone keeps up with anime series. Probably mm. most of everyone. But she also is predominantly in the manga, um, Chinese dramas realm of things. Lee is, hmm, <laughs> she consumes anime and manga, but I don't think she's been consuming it a lot as of recent. Wait, Leisha, how about games? Isn't she a gamer? Oh, yeah, oh, she, she does. Is yeah, she does she is play a lot gamer. of games. And yeah. I think her music, she loves, like, R&B. Mm. So I feel like any latest, like, Asian artist that comes up with an R&B track, she's, like, on it so fast. Yeah, she eats that stuff up. But yeah, no, I still consider like Turuki here and Liz as more of our newbie people. I guess Turuki for yourself, how would you describe a little bit about, I guess, what's your one main thing that you could like yap about forever? <laughs> I think mainly like K-pop music, but I tend to like focus on the groups that I listen to majority of the time or songs mm. that do come up on my TikTok feed. Um... I don't really read manga, even though I want to. I want to get into it, but I haven't Are gotten you around to doing so. Like reads actual books, like yes. word books, not not picture yeah. books. <laughs> I do read word books. here. Be careful. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you. You really better to read actual books. I think more wisdom to be found. You know. No, but Taruki, I am happy to hand out suggestions from Because I really anytime. want to get into reading more this year. That's one of my New Year's resolutions, I would <gasps> say. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. reading. Goals. Even though I'm in like a book club, it's just, I don't want to just stick to like, I don't know if you can call it like Western styled books, but like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I want to like expand my horizon in like the book world, I guess. Mm -hmm. Explore some more mm. like Asian storytelling. Yes. First episode of the year and everything makes me think about New Year resolution type beat. And do y'all have any New Year resolution? <laughs> <laughs> type beat. What did you say, type beat? I don't know. I'm the soul. I'm um. I'm an internet consumer. I I latch onto any. Jesus. I latch on to any, <laughs> any new phrase that the young people are using. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a Lee-ism. That, that's something that Lee says. Yeah, getting infected, man. We Oops. Do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if I had one New Year's resolution, I want to get serialized as soon as possible. Like, <gasps> damn it. 
I just want to like draw yes. a story and then like you know produce a chapter every two weeks. Like please. Oh my god, Tracy, your reaction. <laughs> I was like one chapter every two weeks. That's like crazy. That's like crazy speed. Listen, Shonen Jump is like one chapter every week. You are a one-man show. Shonen Jump is an entire like mega corp <laughs> corporation. Yeah, yeah, you are no. one man. Yeah. You no, can just have them be um, very short chapters. Short chapters. <laughs> and assistance. I need to get assistance as well. Damn, that's like an actual goal. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, Tracy, what is one of your goals? Yeah, man? is it an actual goal? Oh, my main goal for 2024 is to have fun and not burn out. Nice. Which is kind of like an anti-goal rather than a goal because it's like what not to do. Mm. I guess I want to read more, but that was also a goal last year when I only read two books. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate so yeah. hard to that. That is like something that's always my goal. And it just transfers year after year after year because i end up picking up no book i made a notes like uh i typed it out oh, on the first wow. of january of all my goals and aspirations and blah blah whatever for the year because i'm determined to make 2024 my year and i'm verbalizing it on the airwaves okay <gasps> and so uh one of it is okay let's see here what are ones i'm not afraid to say to the world uh Okay, one of it is that I'm, I want to try to read a book each month um, and, like, watch a new show each month and one mm. movie each month because I feel like mm -hmm. I am very much a... Consistency is what I lack. I'm the type of person that has, like, moments where I'm consuming a lot of stuff, but then mm. I have other months where I'm literally not watching anything, not doing anything with my life besides like mm. wake up work sleep um so yeah I, I i want there to be like a consistent thing also because i'm jealous because every time i look at ethan's like movie consumptions i'm like damn <laughs> i want to be watching that about a movies i want to be a film girl um yeah so that's one of my things and then i just have other stuff like just wanting to be outdoors more instead of like getting like a shrimp back from being at home all the time and working on my computer. Yeah. And one thing which I feel like, you know, <laughs> Tracy, maybe you can help me out on this one is I do want to get into dance. What? Shock. Oh <laughs> yeah. I want to get into it. Uh, I, because I used to be a little bit, she was a little bit of a dancer wannabe back in, um, like in my primary school days. And then that just stopped the moment I came over to Australia. But I'm like, once I have sustainable, like, income, stable income, I want to pick up dancing so bad. No, do it. It's actually, like, so fun. And you can come with me and um, our mutual friends. Who's <laughs> 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 not on this show? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yay! But, yeah, these are just some that... Okay, 2024, I'm making it my year, guys. And then by the end of the year, y'all hear me devastated that I got nothing done. I give you permission to, like, slap me across the face or something. Um. <laughs> you heard her here first, folks. Free <laughs> pause for anyone who listens in. You can slap me across the face at, like, the end of the year in December if I get nothing of this done. Boom. Okay. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I will not be exercising that free pass, but I appreciate your trust in us. <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer in case the sin management are listening, but we do not condone violence here at APN. Okay, so that's a quick rundown of the APN team and what we like, what we bring to the table. We're going to be continuing the horror theme we've got going with our music choices so far. This Next banger is from a very overlooked girl group, I think, with a very good discography and a very unfortunate name. This is Bite Me by the K-pop girl group I Chillin'. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You've just heard Bite Me by I Chillin', Mr. Vampire by Itzy, and lastly, Happy Accident by Korean indie artist Silly Silky. 
That last track, by the way, is one of my favourites of the week. It's just such a gorgeously produced track. It's from her recent mixtape, Silly But Silky. This is our first show of APN after our summer break, and for many Asians, summer break is when we go back to the motherland and visit our relatives, which is always an interesting time. It's basically a taste of an alternate timeline. You always come away thinking about, what if I'd grown up here instead of Australia? Anyway, JP and Leisha went back to the Philippines and Malaysia, respectively, over the summer, and right now we're going to discuss how that experience was for them. I guess speaking of the holidays and our resolution this time of year, <gasps> a lot of us spend this time of year, these summer holidays, going back to the motherland. Including me and Leisha. Including also. me, yeah. Oh yes. boy. <laughs> Can you tell by the excitement of our total voices? Yes. So right now we're going to have a little story time because it's always fun to talk about going back to the motherland. Who wants to go first? So... Last year, in December, near Christmas time, I flew to the Philippines. My family from Australia flew there as well. We met up there. And a lot of the holiday, it was less holidaying and more catching up with family. And it's, um, it's, it's a lot. You have to understand, as a Filipino, um, by default, we have at least 20 cousins. Oh. Or like 30 cousins on one side. You know? Oh, okay. Um, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on my mom's side, she has five siblings, and they all have um, children, pretty much. And my dad, he grew up in a family of eleven, and most of them have kids too. <laughs> so, oh my you know, god! Multiply that by like two, generally, and then including the spouses and you know their attached relatives. It's it's a lot. <laughs> Do they even address you by name at that point, or are you just like cousin number three? Cousin. Oh no, happily, I'm happy to announce that they still know my name. That's how it was. I'm known as the relative from Australia, and they all think I'm obscenely (laughs) rich. Um, (laughs) That comes comes with its issues. No, no. I've had convos with like other friends before that when they go back, that is something to get like their type cost in that exact same bracket as well of yeah. like, yeah, you must be so rich that they're there. And they're oh like, um, God. no, I'm struggling to pay my UD debt, but okay. <laughs> we may feel rich here, but there, no. <laughs> I feel like it's like the opposite in China. It's like, oh, oh really? Our life is so good here. Why do your parents have to go to like a school? <gasps> oh, oh, oh my, oh my gosh. I feel like maybe yeah. Southeast Asia, yeah. Southeast Asia, the mindset is just like overseas in like a Western country equals yeah. like mm-hmm. you are living the life. Like that's Basically. peak. Yeah. You've done it. Because <laughs> everyone, everyone in the Southeast Asia is poor. So <laughs> Okay. Not <laughs> that's just the general, that's the general economy is how it works generally um no but you know what um a lot of the stay was quite chill because for half of it we stayed at my mom's side of the place and her hometown is up in the mountains Ooh, up up up, up, up. (gasps) so you, you don't feel the heat it's actually quite cool sometimes especially at night the breeze comes through and you wake up and it's like nice and sunny forest everywhere like there's a compound that a lot of my relatives live in and I wake up and I look outside and it's just jungle, like tree, like coconut trees as far as the eye can see, you know, and then like a cow here and there tied near like a tree or something, you know, going eating grass. Um, <laughs> no, that actually pretty... sounds so nice. That actually yeah. sounds very nice. You go from like one, the serene Japanese countryside to the serene Philippines countryside. Yeah, literally, I, I've been a hillbilly all year. Basically, <laughs> even my holiday, even my holiday forces me into the countryside. Yeah, like. you're living your little yeehaw yeah. like dreams right now. It's where our ancestors no. would have been. Oh my yeah. god, it's all year round. Actually, basically, that's true. Yeah. I I wish I could have enjoyed it that much though, but I was Ooh. sick for a lot <gasps> of it. Of course you were. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, that's how the Southeast Asia just gets you. Like you step in, you get like five diseases. Yeah, but that was the first half. Second half was spending some time in around Manila. Um, oh! Some of my dad's side of the family. We actually, um, right before going to Manila, we visited my auntie, who lives in a monastery even higher up in the mountain. <laughs> what is happening? 
happening right now? These are all these are all anime people. JP. No, for real, it's it's some anime level. Like I, I swear to God, you like. Oh, actually, I can't swear to God. We're talking about a monastery here, but you know, you go in the monastery. You know, it's really nice and chill. And we walk into the monastery, and there is my auntie, and she's one of the. Um, she's technically an enclosed nun. And what that means is that you're not allowed to leave the monastery unless it's oh. for official business. But other than that, you got to stay in the monastery. And that includes during visits as well, because we had to talk to her through like bars. And it was crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. They were like, and it wasn't just her. There were a bunch of nuns in that room. And like, oh. it's really funny because you think of nuns, you think, oh, they're really like, you know, oh, holy and stuff. But like, we talked to them and like, they're, they're, they're just girls, you know, like they gossip here and there, you know, they're like, oh, you know, <laughs> but they're like behind bars. Yeah, but they're behind bars. Um, they're like, they must be the healthiest people in the Philippines. They, like, they do. They actually are quite healthy. Contained. Like, yeah, <laughs> no opportunities come into contact with infectious diseases. That's true. That's true. They are quite healthy. So healthy, in fact, that they pulled out a keyboard and gave it to me, and they're like, "Could you play a song for us?" I'm like, "I was not ready for this. What? I haven't, pra- I haven't practiced in five months. You think I can play anything?" A keyboard? Yeah, yeah, like, like an electric keyboard. keyboard. No, 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 like a, a full like electric keyboard. <laughs> passed it through like the that bars. under the bars. <laughs> Oh, they're big enough. They're big enough. They just like oh, passed okay. it through. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> what? I love that. Yeah. I think they're very pressed for entertainment. So that was that was the nun. I think they wanted to watch you struggle as well. That's part of the entertainment. Yeah, I think so. It's not much to see in the monastery, I guess. You know. Yeah. How do people react when you tell them what you do for a living? They're like, okay, first off, they get confused a bit because manga in Filipino means mango. So I tell them, I'm I'm a manga artist. I'm a mangaka. They're like, how? Manga? You know, like, I think I, you know, sell mangoes or something. Like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I I make Japanese comics, basically. And they're like, oh, cool. And then we started talking about, you know, how big anime's gotten, you know, like a a lot of the nuns, their relatives, like their nieces and nephews, they're watching anime and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm basically kind of connected to that sort of industry. They're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so excitable. That's very pleasant reaction. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's really cute. It's really cute. So they were very, very fun to talk with i was very glad to see them um and then manila um just like short visits um to some relatives on my dad's side here and there um and then after that i basically flew back to japan i toured my parents around as well and then they went home and it was back to work uh that That was uh that was my trip so that was jp's little almost fairy tale trip where he got to play keyboard for some cloistered nuns on a mountain in the Philippines. We're going to play a few songs right now. Afterwards, we're going to hear from Leisha about her trip back to Malaysia and how that went for her. So in keeping with the vibe of the show right now, you know, we're going down memory lane and everything. The next few songs we're going to play all have this nostalgic feeling to them. This first song is called Awayuki, which translates to Snow Drizzle. Um, It's by Japanese singer Yama, and this is from her new album, Awake and Build. You've just heard Awayuki by Yama, Without You by Sola from Ujusonyon, a very excellent debut. And finally, the last song you just heard was Try Again by the Candlelight Children. Right now, you're going to hear from Leisha and her recent trip back to Malaysia. Leisha, was yours as nice as mine? Oh, my trip? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yes, I too went back to the uh, Southeast Asia, specifically Philippines neighbor, Malaysia. Um, for the holidays, I also went back in like, like the twenty first of December, and then I basically stayed also for two weeks up until like the first week of January, and then I was like, goodbye everyone, see you never again. And <laughs> my trip, I would say less adventurous than JP's, primarily because so my family, right, with holidays, 
that occurred during these two weeks, which is Christmas and New Year's, they're very much of a like, we must do big home events. Let's hold one big family gathering in one person's house. That house tended to be the exact house that I was staying in at the time, the entire time of my two weeks, which was my sister's house. So basically that entire two weeks was me having no sense of privacy because every single family member came to my sister's house every single day up until I left. Um... I mean, okay, I know from, like, a lot of my friends who are also Asian, Christmas is not really, like, a, a, not really a thing that, I guess, Asian families celebrate. I mean, I heard, like, I don't know, JP can fact check me on this. Like, in Japan, for example, Christmas is, like, a couple Yes, it is. It's a romantic holiday. Yeah, and then there's, like, buckets of chicken type thing happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, and then that's basically what I, like you feel like I feel like you tend to hear about like Asian people selling Christmas. It's like not really that not the same as Western people celebrating Christmas, but because my family, a lot of my family members have European heritage. Haha, the colonizers. Mm. Oh, um, Alicia. <laughs> oh, hey, I can say that the Portuguese colonized Malaysia. Okay, anyways. <laughs> oh, <nice to> <laughs> but. But yeah, because a lot of my family members have European heritage, they're very big on Christmas. So that entire week that I was, that first week that I was back specifically for Christmas was the most chaotic and worst week of my life because I had not been back to Malaysia specifically for Christmas in like five years. So that really like took me out when I (laughs) went back specifically just for the Christmas season I mean, it was kind of fun getting, like, the gifts and whatever. Kind of funny to receive gifts from family members who clearly, like, they haven't seen me in many years, but they still want to give me a gift because they're just like, oh, yeah, Alicia, you're the daughter of another family member that we really know well. So, <laughs> by association, you need to get a little something something. Um, And then, yeah, and then I get, like, a like a mug that has my name on it, which is cute. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but yeah, I thought it's just so interesting because a lot of my, a few of my cousins who are like, they're my age, but they're male, they tend to get like gifted really um, like nice, fancy, like fragrances or like a really cool set that comes with like a belt and a notebook and a pen. And I'm like, Ooh. wow. And Ooh. then... And then when it comes to, you know, the gifts that I receive from the same exact person, it's like, oh, uh, here's a nice pouch, a random pouch with your name and a rainbow um, oh, put on so it. And, I, and I'm oh like, that's so... <laughs> so stylish. So stylish. <laughs> Part of it has to do with me being the one that lives overseas and them not really knowing me because I hardly go back. Um, <laughs> right, I see. So they're kind of like, a uh, girl who is in her 20s, uh, what does she like? <laughs> a pouch <laughs> with her name on it. Um, no, again, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. It was cute that they even remembered my existence. Um, but other than that, yeah, my trip was less adventurous than JP. I think, again, I was mainly staying in my sister's place. And... Um, she lives near like the one of the stations that lets you go to like the city in like 20 minutes or so. So predominantly I was more like going to KL most of the time. It was fun. I actually like Malaysian train system more than I thought. I actually like it a Yay. bit more than Melbourne's train system. <gasps> the shock. Considering no, the Malaysian train system's not that good. <laughs> considering the Malaysian train system was only properly built in like 2017. Like, we did not have a train system up until, like, at least a proper one that goes to, like, the metro and all that stuff. We did not have it built until 2017. But it's good. I feel like it. It reminds me a lot of, like, um trains I took when I went to Tokyo. It has that very similar aesthetic. And um, they also have, like, women-only carriages as well, which, mm. um, like, that's, on one hand, yay! But on the other hand, damn! Things were rough out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, the fact they even need one in the first place. Tomato, tomato, boo. Um, but oh. great that it's kind of there, but also, uh, what's that say about society? But yeah, no, overall, the train system, 
like that was the thing I was like the most impressed of. It was really fun. I enjoyed that element. Everything else was just me being <laughs> not traumatized, but just me having an existential crisis about where I belong in my family. Um, because I am the overseas one in the family, but it's fine. It's fine. I just. Uh, I just take it what it is. And it's always really weird to see how grown my nieces and nephews get. Oh my like, god, same. Actually, I get that with my little cousins. I'm, oh, I'm, it's so weird. I feel like like um, the last time I go back, they like Fortnite. Now I go back and see them, they're like, ew, Lisha. No, I hate that. <laughs> I play I play Valorant now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right, shivers down my spoke. And then now a few of my kids, like, nieces and nephews play Genshin too. And it's really weird um, because I used oh, to play Genshin. And then it's like, do I want to be the cool auntie that knows it? Or do I want to act like I don't know what they're talking about so that they don't think I know all these things? Oh, I forgot to mention the planes. Oh my gosh, planes. The plane experience. No, I was like, before we recorded anything, I was like, oh yeah, JP, I wanted to talk about the plane experience. Planes. No, no, it's just because in Malaysia Airlines, I was so surprised that a lot of the safety videos and stuff, they switched it around, and now the air safety video is this really cute, full, like, performance type situation. I was gonna say type B, but y'all are gonna come for my ass again. Um, but um, no, and then I think it's like, you can literally watch it on YouTube. It's it's brought by the performing arts, the official performing arts of Malaysia, and they do like a full production of everyone singing in various genres of like aircraft rules that you gotta do. And it was kind of crazy. I got like a rap verse about like, about what you should do, like buckle up the seatbelt. I got like a little ballady moment. That was like a sensual singing part about when the <laughs> when the air pressure goes down. Um, damn, I, oh wish I, can, I wish I can do that. But it was like that was such a vibe. I love that so much, and it makes me so happy every time I fly back to Malaysia. Is that it makes me a proud Malaysian for that few seconds, and then I actually touch down, and then I remember family um <laughs> i love my family so basically yeah. your highlights were like transport it was the trains and the planes <laughs> that's pretty good mm-hmm. like as a transport engineer like that's pretty good track record good job malaysia <laughs> nice nice my my the only thing about mine was that one the flight attendants will refer to you as ma'am sir by yes. default no matter like, i love that no, Yes, no matter what you identify as, they will always refer to you as ma'am, sir. Like, it's just, like, I don't know why. They just do I that. I asked JP this, like, is this a yeah. singular or collective, like, word? And it's a singular yes. word. It is, is singular. Yeah, very, very interesting. I thought it was mabuhai ma'am, sir, like, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Like a, ah, yeah, no, no, it's singular. They they will lean over you and ask you, ma'am, sir, would you like orange, water, Coca-Cola? You know, that sort of thing, you know? Um, and the second thing was that I watched a bunch of movies, um, one of them being Bullet Train, which I think we'll talk about in a later segment, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, we will. oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, please stay tuned for the Bullet Train review that JP is going to unleash on you after these next few songs. Um, first up, we've got a song that I think fits the somewhat reflective theme of the storytime segments that we've just done. This song is, in my personal opinion, one of like the most accurate depictions of the Y2K sound. I feel like most Y2K music is based on like this imaginary version of Y2K, but this one, this one has that as well. But it also sounds like a song that could have been on my cousin's MP3 player in 2008. Anyway, here is Rise with their newest single, Love 119. You've just heard Rise with Love 119. Tatsuya Kitani with Night Routine from his new album Roundabout, and finally Japanese indie band The Slow Films with their song Pool. Speaking of Japan and films in this segment coming right up, JP talks about a film called Bullet Train. It stars Brad Pitt, it's set in Japan, and it's very, very loosely inspired by the notion of Japan as well. By the way, one of our planned segments actually was to talk about the stuff we watched over the holiday um, yeah great you know? great segue jp yes no let, let me tell you about this okay on the plane Uh-oh. i watched bullet train 
And like, okay, it it blew it blew my expectations apart. Like, <laughs> no, I swear. Before this, all of you were dogging on it. You're like, oh, it's so stupid and like dumb and like racist. No, bullet trains aren't like that, you know. But then I watched it. For reference, we watched the trailer, and the trailer opens with Brad Pitt going, "Konnichiwa." <laughs> <laughs> and we ripped that apart like last, yeah. last year or something when we talked about the trailer. Oh, I, don't know. Too, I don't know. I don't remember. 2022 even. Like it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was a while, a while back. Yeah. But I just remember we just, that was a joke we kept making for so <laughs> yeah, long. Was Konnichiwa. Rapid- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no. I swear to God though. Okay, Bullet Train. It's actually so good. It's so good. Okay, tell tell us what makes it this magic piece of film. Okay, well, for those that don't know about the film, Bullet Train is about a bunch of hitmen trying to get, like, a suitcase or something. And where's the suitcase? It's in a bullet train. And so Brad Pitt, he's the main character... Retired ex-hitman, but now he's doing his last job. And he basically gets on this bullet train and, you know, shenanigans go down. It's so stupid. Like, (laughs) how do you explain it? It's like an American's fantastical idea of what Japan might be. Right, so it's like John Wick. Yeah, kind of, you know, John Wick. (laughs) Not even, it's stupider. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I feel like John Wick has an element of seriousness to it. Yeah, this is there's like... seriousness. No, Bullet Train's a whole joke. It's a, it's a highly rendered, high-quality joke, and it's amazing. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Like, who here has actually watched Bullet Train? Ethan? No, I have not. You haven't? If Ethan hasn't watched it, then... E- Ethan hasn't even okay. seen it. That's the no one hasn't watched God. Bullet Train. Oh my God, please watch it. It's so oh, ridiculous. Bullet Train looks like a good movie to watch on an airplane. Like, it it is. Is. Yeah, no, yeah. You are so it, right. It really, really is. It's very, it's very over the top in its tone. Like, none of it is real. Like, the way it portrays Japan in general, especially the bullet train, it's very, it's almost fantastical. You know, it's like whoever wrote this, like, if they were writing it seriously, the only knowledge they have of Japan is like, you know, <laughs> how do you say this? Imagine... If the only thing someone knew about Japan was from watching Kill Bill. Yeah, my friend was telling me that when he watched it, like, the Japanese characters are so stereotypically Japanese. Like, talking about, like, your honor and your family and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I will, I will avenge my family. And then there's, like, an old dude that's really good at fighting. Like, you know, he's got, like, an umbrella, but there's a sword in it. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, son, you must... <laughs> There are only two Japanese characters. Oh, no. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, my God. And, like, even the bullet train itself. Okay. The bullet train, the inside, there are, like, neon lights everywhere, you know? There's, there's like, a bullet train attendant, and she's got really fancy, cute, cyberpunkish clothes on. And then, you know, there's, like, a weird mascot that runs up and down the aisle sometimes. <laughs> Bullet trains are not like that in real life. I've taken <laughs> many of them. Thanks for fact-checking that, Yeah, <laughs> nothing like the movie, Bullet Train. But yeah, no, um, I think I've ranted too long. That was Bullet Train. I watched that yep. over the holiday. It was good. I recommend. Speaking of, I guess, movies that are good to watch on a plane, one that I think is similar in tone is Joyride, which I watched Joyride. over the holidays. Yeah, Joyride oh. is like uh, an American comedy featuring... Like for Asian Americans as the main leads. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them is mother herself, Stephanie Shu. Come on now. It's Stephanie Shu, Sherry Cola, Ashley Park, and Sabrina Wu. And it's like, it's so dumb. This movie is the dumbest thing I've ever watched. Like, if you've ever like watched like an Asian, like an American movie with like starring several members of like the SNL cast, like this is exactly what it is, except with like oh, an Asian no. cast. Like it doesn't. No. It feels so American. Like the beats are all American. <laughs> the jokes, like they feel. It feels very American. Most of the movie is set in Asia, but it's very clear that none of it was actually shot in Asia, except mm. for like random stock footage of the city. Anyway, but like the movie. If you're looking for like cinematography, if you're looking for cinema, you're not going to find it in this movie. Um, I think where this movie really shines is in its cast. The cast are great. 
and I guess like the writing when when the writing is just like trying to be funny, it is actually funny. I, I guess the reason why like it seems like super like American movie to me was that the movie I watched immediately before it was The Handmaiden by Park Chan. Oh, and that's God. that's like a cinema. <laughs> that's yeah. like a cinema. Relatively. A foreign cinema. Like like I think like one of those modern classics that like everyone who has seen it at least respects the fact that it's like a very, very well made movie and like technically very, very proficient. Yeah. It's so mm. beautiful. Like it's a period drama. It's set in the nineteen thirties when Korea was being occupied by Japan during the Japanese occupation. And mm. it's it has a plot that sort of twists and turns and has mm, mm, um it sort of unveil unveils itself in layers. But I, mm. I don't want to spoil too much of it because you have to go in like without knowing what the plot is, really, I feel. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it centers around the relationship. I think it's well known by now that it's a lesbian movie. I think that's why it's most it's known very for, gay. But it's, yeah. It's like yeah. the gayest so gay. movie ever. Oh, it's mm. so gay. Um so it's this relationship between the hand a handmaiden, the titular handmaiden played by Kim Terry, and this sort of noble woman who is set to inherit a large fortune played by Kim Min Hee. And they fall in love slowly, and they have several explicit sex scenes, which is another thing that the movie is well known for. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This movie is just lurid and pornographic. Okay. It, it, you feel so unclean sometimes watching it, mm-hmm. but okay. you also feel like... It's like the purest love ever, yeah. It's so pure, but also, my god, why do you have like to very, show The love is so pure, but the sex scenes uh-huh. are so explicit. But they're also, like, so choreographed and, like, symmetrical and, like, perfectly framed, like, like Botticelli paintings and, like, lit, like, Botticelli paintings, you know? Um, this whole movie has this sort of super stylized unreality almost to it, which I think is, like, very... I've only ever watched, like, Decision to Leave of other of Park Chan-wook's movies, mm-hmm. and I think his... That's one of his, like... Well, these two movies have that in common, like they're super, super stylized. Mm-hmm. Um, and also another thing that I think I really liked about this movie is all the callbacks. He doesn't, Park Chan-wook doesn't hold your hand through it, but he does make a lot of callbacks to earlier scenes. There's a scene, for example, where Suki finds a rope in Lady Hikdeko's closet. And later on in the scene, we find there's a shot that lingers on the rope tied around the tree. And you're like, hey, how did that get there? And it's not explained until like later, later, later on in the movie how that happened. So it's like all these nice little moments. And that just happens. Like every scene is just like perfectly thought through. So that yeah. calls back to something previous or foreshadows something next. Uh, that's going to come. There's, up. So many, there's so many strings overlaying each yes. other in that movie. I, I'd say I'd, I'd describe it like this as the, at the start. And especially as the movie goes, it lo- feels and looks like a tangle of strings. It's like, what the hell is going on? But then over time, the strings get pulled, and it's a nice little bow right at the end. Yeah, it's, it's like, so neat. It's so good. No, that warms my heart. Yeah, no, that warms my heart. The Handmaiden. Amazing. If you're 18 plus and can handle extended lesbian sex scenes, please watch this movie. It's very good. You've just heard us talk about Bullet Train, Joyride, and The Handmaiden, three very different movies, but all very enjoyable in their own way. Um, Next up, we're going to be playing a song that I find very enjoyable as well. This is by Chinese artist Yu Er, or Yu Chang in English. The song title is Xia Yu Tian Zuo Shua, which translates to What to Do on a Rainy Day. This is Asian Pop Nation. We've just played three very cute, very pretty tracks. These were in order Xia Yu Tian by Yu Er, followed by QOQ by Watts featuring Chan and Shirt. Um, these guys are basically a bunch of indie K R and B artists who collaborate a lot with each other. And finally, we played a song by Zion T called Unlove from his newest album Zip. Zion T, of course, being one of the Korean R&B scene's resident artsy alien men. Speaking of Korea and people who might not be human, Leisha recently watched a Korean horror slash thriller series called Gyeong Song Krisha. She had a lot of thoughts about it. Leisha, what did you watch? Oh god, <laughs> okay. Unlike you two who experienced the joys of cinema and films, I unfortunately, <laughs> I, I was in a bit of a slump in terms of watching movies during the holiday period. 
Look, when I was flying in a plane, I actually was going to watch Bullet Train because it looked like such a plane-appropriate movie. Oh, you missed out, As JB and Ethan have mentioned, it legit feels like a perfect plane movie movie to watch, but I ended up re-watching Pitch Perfect, so that's on me. Um, (laughs) That's on me, my fault. Um, But what I ended up doing during the holidays was kind of picking up some series. Um, One of in particular... Uh, I'm going to talk about it, which is called Kyonson Creature. It's on Netflix. It's not a series that I would have picked out for myself to watch it because A, I am not really a K-drama watcher at all. And B, it it involves it in like a historical context type of drama, which is also not my cup of tea. So two things that are already, we're not starting strong here for me personally, but it was one of those shows that my family were all watching together when I was back in Malaysia. So by default, I also ended up watching it with them the entire season one. And what is Kyunsun Creature? Basically, it is a fairly new K-drama series on Netflix that stars two people who I'm pretty sure are the big talk of the town in terms of K-drama actors and actresses, Park Sojun and Han So-hee as the two main leads in a world which, similarly to The Handmaiden, actually takes place during a time where the Japanese occupation of Korea as well. But this one takes a bit of a turn, I would say. Basically, in this world, these two leads are trying to infiltrate a hospital to basically try to rescue civilians, predominantly who are like Korean, that have in the story been kidnapped and kind of been experimented on for what reason? Watch to find out. But everything kind of leads back to a particular mysterious creature that happens to reside in that hospital itself. And yeah, things go crazy. That creature comes out and war and rampage (laughs) occurs. But yeah, that's basically the gist of what the story is about without spoiling anything. And look, um, so this show kind of happens in two parts. So like part one, I think was all like uploaded during December. And then part two came out in the first week of January. I would say the first half of the series, I was actually on board with it. I think because the story was revolving more about like, finding a ragtag team that are all gonna go into this hospital and save these civilians but at the same time uncover this mysterious creature and monster that's there and potentially die and violence and gore like i don't know there's something like fun about it i feel like fun is not the word i should be using to describe it no the adventure the journey of it is very entertaining as an audience but essentially okay i'm gonna spoil a bit but basically past like the first half they do get out of the hospital and everything that happens in part two is like the aftermath and this is where it kind of loses me a little bit because as somebody who's not a big like historical drama fan this is kind of where i feel like the second half kind of leans into that while at the same time also doing the most absurd things I've ever seen. I just, I was just personally not a big fan of this. I'm sorry, I don't get the hype about that guy like Park Sojun. He's very like a one note actor to me. I'm sorry. I know he's in like what, the new Marvels movie. I do not care about that man. But Han Soo-hee, oh, I get why she is like the it girl in the K-drama world right now. I mean, arguably her character goes through the most, I would say, gut-wrenching scenes in the entire series. And her acting throughout all these stuff that happens is very like, okay, tugging the hustrings a little bit, even though this CGI monster or something kind of looks a bit ridiculous in my opinion. I just... (laughs) There's so much I want to say about how I do not enjoy it, but it's all relevant to the plot um, and stuff. Don't say it. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Sweet Home, which is another Netflix um, (gasps) Korean series. Sweet Home is... Sweet Home is based on like a manhwa webtoon, I think. Yeah, Yeah. it is. 
it's it kind of is like, but it's like not just one monster. It's like monster of the week kind of a webtoon, kind right. of like supernatural or um, what was the one that Stephen Yoon was in? Before the one that he got famous in, The Walking Dead. Yeah, oh, kind of like The Walking Dead, I guess. But it also has the same thing where like the monsters are very CGI. Um, the story itself is really underwhelming and hard to follow and the violence feels gratuitous and i didn't really enjoy the two episodes i watched for kim sung chol but i did enjoy kim sung chol as a creepy kid i feel like netflix put all their resources from i mean to this like it feels very similar in tone yeah yeah on the topic of like the cgi and the monster and all that stuff like not gonna lie in the first half of the drama itself like that the monster looked like oh oh my god like Ooh, scary kind of thing. But by like the second half, especially when you reach to like the last episode, that monster looks like a loser. It just looks so pitiful by like the end of it. I was like, you lost the scary nature or whatever. You just look like a guy um on the screen. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was not my cup of tea. And it was clear that definitely Netflix put a lot of money into it got two big name k-drama people in it but i personally think it kind of missed the mark for me but it looks like they are setting it up to have a season two so well, whatever we'll see what happens there yeah so that that's some of the um some of the stuff we watched over the holidays over the holidays next week we're gonna, we're gonna talk about more stuff we watched over the holidays because we didn't even get to all of it what can we say we're yapper pop nation Yap and Pop Nation. <laughs> um, we'll yeah. see you next week on Yap and Pop Nation with some hot takes about uh, animes and TV shows that may or may not be vaguely related to Valentine's Day. Um, stay tuned for that. Yes, our next show is going to be the day before Valentine's Day. So the plan right now is to do sort of like an agony art advice column where we like give ill-informed love advice i think that might be fun but we've just had leisha talk about kyung song creature a show that she was forced to watch and which she hates and would not recommend to people we're reaching the end of the show for tonight unfortunately and usually around this time we play some slower tracks to you know help us wind down um, the next track we're going to play is from an artist called Clef. Clef is a member of the music collective Brain Freeze, who are from Shanghai. Their song Debut from 2022 is one of my favourite Chinese releases of the past few years. And this next song from Clef reminds me of it. This is Wohani de Yutuan, which translates to The Band of You and Me. The last song you just heard was Unfair from Sydney Artist Junior. And before that, we played Yuetuan by Chinese artist Clef. And with that, we've unfortunately reached the end of the show for tonight. Thank you very much for joining the Asian Pop Nation team tonight of Leisha, JP, Taruki and Ethan, as well as myself, Tracy, as we talked through what we got up to over the holidays. JP and Leisha talked a bit about their experiences going back to the motherland. We also reviewed some Asian and Asian-inspired films, namely Bullet Train, Joyride, The Handmaiden and the Netflix series Young Song Creature. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation or on Instagram at Asian Pop Nation sin to keep up with us also on spotify at asian pop nation playlist thank you very much for listening this week we'll be joining you again next week as always on tuesday at 8 p.m we'll be closing out the show with a song by indonesian singer jinan Tisha. in the meantime good night Bye.